Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we are not going to get the perfect season and Herm Edwards coming in and solving everything and being undisputed the best coach in college football. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't think we were. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it was it was you know it was a good win last week, and and um, unfortunately, you know, uh, a little bit of reality set in when we went on the road, and uh, you know, I'm disappointed. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I felt like we could have and should have won the game, but um, yeah, you know, we weren't we weren't going 12 and 0 in all likelihood, and so you know, you, know, you just gotta gotta pick up and move on, and we'll see how it goes. Well, the new leadership model suffers its first loss as the Sun Devils go down at San Diego State 28-21. Um, the, the game sounds like it was close, but it really felt like two games. ASU, uh, ASU was up 14-7 in the yeah. second with about 90 seconds to go and had the ball fourth and one in the red zone. ASU comes out, lines up, calls timeout. You're saying, I'm saying, even Aaron Taylor, who was the announcer, who <laughs> was not good, no, was, neither of them were too much. Yeah, was yeah. saying, you have to kick the field goal here. You have to go up ten scores or, or ten points, two scores, ten points, right? And right. they come out, they line up in the shotgun. I am frantically texting you. Maybe we're just going to try to draw them off sides with a hard count since it's fourth yeah. and one and a half. Uh, and then they snap the ball. Yeah. And immediate pressure from San Diego State. Manny steps up in the pocket. Eno Benjamin had leaked out to the left and was open. Probably would have picked up the first down if Manny had had yeah. time to see him. He didn't get stuffed. And turnover on down, San Diego State with Ryan Agnew making his first career start, marches down the field. Agnew, who had been shaky at best up until that point, looks terrific and just perfect on the drive. Uh, San Diego State scores, ties it up at 14 to go into the half. Yeah, it was obviously the, you know, I mean, without question, sometimes you you can look back at a game and say there were several different points. That was... That was the one um, we had scored. You, know, you mentioned fourteen seven. We had scored back to back touchdowns after you know our first two drives. We didn't do much. Um, you know, we, we you you texted me near the end of the first quarter. Said you know we need to get the offense going. Well, they did. And, you know, they scored a got a touchdown. Uh, you know, to Ayuk there, and the, at the end of the first or near the end of the first, um, got a big play down the field to Darby that set up a you know a touchdown run for Manny Wilkins. And we're moving the ball pretty easily on that on that drive. Would have been a third straight scoring drive. And, you know, it's one of those I look back on, and you, you almost wish you know Kyle Williams had caught that ball four yards shorter or not caught it. Um, you, you know, then you just kind of you know you play the numbers, you kick the field goal, and you take your ten point lead, and and that's that. And uh, you know, instead, I think fourth and one. I I texted you as it was happening, and then after that, I felt like this is this is this new wave of you know. Doug Peterson, um, and um, he's not the one who invented it, but, you know, he's getting all the credit for Riverboat the Eagles doing Ron it. Rivera. Right. You know, we're going to go for on fourth and one more often. And, and and look, I get it. There are times where coaches are too conservative, and you think, geez, you can't pick this up, you know. But the game is played by humans. It's not played by computers or robots. And I felt like that was the time to realize, hey, so you take a 10-point lead into the half, in all likelihood, 
they're not a quick strike offense. Um, you know, you get a third straight scoring drive, and you feel pretty good about yourself on the road. And instead, we gave them momentum. And, and then, you know, let's be honest, the defense let us down on that last drive. I believe the defense came out on the field thinking, uh, well, we didn't score, but, you know, this team can't score quick. Well, then they did. And, and they got down the field, and all of a sudden it was like, you know, we didn't know how to react. Um, and so all in all, just a terrible, you know, minute and 40 seconds that really goes a long way to costing you the game pretty much. San Diego State does take the lead uh, in the third on a field goal, the only scoring of the third quarter. And it should be noted in the second half, the offense that had been rolling until that fourth and one stop right. basically just abandoned the Sun Devils. Pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, four straight three and outs until until they were down by 14 and they put together a drive. Um, you know, against a prevent defense with four minutes to go. And, you know, I mean, it, it, we'll talk about the end, um, and, you know, and, and how things happened at the end. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me last night, there were several, but, you know, you look back now at Michigan State, you look at this game, you look at what's ahead with Washington, this offense is concerning. This was supposed to be our strength, and it's not been. Um, you know, we've scored – we've scored uh, – four touchdowns in, in two weeks against, you know, legitimate teams. And now we face probably the best defense we're going to face all year on the road. Um, that, to me, is a concern. I expected, you know, I didn't expect to go in and roll up 60 points. It's a good defense that we played last night. But uh, completely, you know, disappearing for a quarter and a half in, in the second half is not good enough. It just, you know, you're not going to win many games doing that. You mentioned they did not pick up a first down. They had run 12 plays in the second yeah. half before uh, being down 14 points from a tie game. So the defense had given up more points than the offense had run uh, plays, and that's not good. Right, right, now, right. Now, when, when you break it down, um, it seemed like a lot of dysfunction on the sidelines based on uh, what they caught on TV and what they caught sure. on Twitter. Uh, there was one scene where Benjamin and Harry came off the field and appeared to be yelling uh, – at one of the coaches, might have been John Simon, on Twitter, somebody had posted a video of Manny Wilkins on the sidelines, right. you know, screaming basically at no one, it looked like, uh, about just venting his frustration. And then another uh, post on Twitter from Sun Devil Source said something to the effect of John Simon handed Manny Wilkins the headset at right. one point and pointed up at, uh, at Rob Likens in the press box. Right, so, right, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I mean, you, you always wonder, sometimes things are caught on camera, and sometimes they're not, and, and you know, you feel like, well, are you getting a representative sample, I mean, if these, if, if these sort of exchanges happened in the locker room, we wouldn't know about it, and, and that's that. Um, I was discouraged by the fact that it seemed like, of all people, Manny Wilkins lost his composure, after, the, after not getting it on the fourth down, and he couldn't seem to find it again until maybe very late in the game. He seemed very, you know, short-tempered, uh, animated, um, and he's a fifth-year senior. And, you know, you expect a little bit more composure and, and poise and all those, you know, buzzwords from a veteran player who's been there and done that and been in these moments. And uh, uh, I just didn't see it last night um you know I, he ends up with a stat line that looks really good you know you look at his stats and you you know he, he was you know about 75 percent completions and 
over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And, you, you know, it's one of those, if you looked at just the numbers without watching the game, you'd say, well, boy, Manny Wilkins played well. I don't think so. Stats are, stats are misleading in that game. He seemed rattled and pulled it together, you know, for the two, t- for the first half, he looked fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and then okay. pulled it yeah. together at the end. You know, this was also one of the sub stories of this game is two potential big plays that, you know, on review, the, the proper call was made right. and it cost us. Right. One was Manny got sacked, but in yeah. live action, it looked like he managed to hold himself it upright. Like he stayed up. yeah. um, and what, it erased a 52 yard gain when they went back to replay. Right, and uh, he was clearly down. I mean, his elbow was down. Yeah, but yeah, would have would have been a big play. Felt like a big play, and it, and it didn't turn out to be. the The other play obviously was on the final drive with ASU yeah. uh, down a touchdown. The defense gets the ball back. We'll talk about how. We'll talk about what the San Diego yeah. State Aztec running game did to us for the second year in a row. Uh, but they get the ball back. They're on the fifty yard line, and with about fourteen seconds left, Wilkins lost the. I want to say fourth deep ball to Har- to yeah. Darby that he had thrown all game, and Darby hauls it in at the two. Right. It takes a helmet to helmet targeting shot, and on his way down, uh, the ball becomes dislodged. I honestly thought, uh, along the lines of what the announcers were saying during the game, yeah. that he had managed to keep his hand under the ball by by happenstance, not because right. you know, he was awake right. for it, but. It seemed like he kept his arm under the ball and then it landed on his belly and he just sort of yeah. And then he caught it. it. it didn't, uh, yeah, when it, I mean, it certainly comes loose, but he, you know, when it's loose, it's on his stomach and then he, he corrals it. Now, you know, you can use deductive reasoning and say, you know, well, you know, it must have hit the ground to come loose, but that's not what replay is supposed to do. And I felt like replay did not do what it was I mean this is what frustrates me about replay in football is it seems like you know and I guess it I guess this is human nature but at the same time it should be we're supposed to all use the same standard which is you know clear and obvious to me that was not clear and obvious now do not get me wrong we deserve to lose that game and had we had that play stood up and we scored on the next play and had gone on to win in overtime I mean I would have been thrilled but it still wouldn't cure the ills of that game but I just don't think that was the right call to overturn. I, I, I did not see the video that showed me it, it clearly touched the ground to come out. I don't think you could say that. ASU then got a 15-yard penalty on the uh, targeting, targeting, moved up to the 35. On the final play of the game, Manny Wilkins threw it into a crowd. Ball got batted back and yeah. down. Not the greatest um, Hail Mary throw. I mean, you know, I realize it's a tough, you know, but you – you, you want to give somebody a chance, and it was thrown to the front of the end zone. It seems like, I mean, at least Harry and, and our guys were in the back of the end zone. Yeah. It was a fairly easy play to knock down again. Uh, you know, not to be too critical of that, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest. Uh, you know, you want to give somebody a chance to catch it, and there was no chance. Now he didn't throw it out of bounds. Sometimes yeah. we've seen that. At least he put it in the end zone, but in the wrong spot. As someone who's gotten to watch a master at Hail Mary ball placement with Aaron Rodgers. It, it seems like the real key to the play is you need to have one of your receivers be in front of the pack. Right, right, um, right. And, and boxing people out to try to just catch it uncontested. Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't get a great look. I tried to rewatch it, and I couldn't see if they had put Hodges in. But I don't know that Hodges they has played not. this year, so I'm wondering if they're trying to redshirt him. He did not play because I, I even noticed he was on the sideline in the huddle, you know, before the play because we, we called the timeout that we had. Um, and he was in the huddle, and then when they came out, he was not on the field. And I even thought, boy, I mean, uh, you know, I, I said it to myself as I'm watching, like, if he's not in the game here, why is he on your roster? Now, yeah, maybe they're trying to redshirt him, but I mean, this is exactly the situation. You want a six foot eight wide receiver, and you didn't have him in the game. It felt like the design of it could have been better. Uh, it felt like the personnel could have been better. I wonder if they gave any thought to putting Harry split out wide to the other side and seeing if either Harry got one-on-one coverage uh-huh. um, or if it drew people over so that instead of having it feel like it was seven on three in the corner, yeah. it could have yeah. been, you know, six on three or five on three. Right, right, yeah. I mean, look, it's a it's a low percentage play and it's supposed to be. It's, it's like getting an onside kick, you know. You're, you're, you're swimming upstream to try to get it to work, but I just, I guess I was a little frustrated, but... On my on my list of frustrations, um, it was down the list. You know, uh, I would I would start with you know general lack of composure, uh, certainly offensive struggles uh, for you know most of the second half, and then you know the defense didn't play poorly, but certainly that number one in the nation against the run was a mirage. Um, and I texted you during the game. I, if I'm a, if, you know Michigan State was off. This week, and and I don't know if they would have watched. They they may not have, but boy, if I'm one of their coaches or their players, I'm looking at that thinking, why did we give up on the run so easily? Because our defense has holes against the run, and San Diego State didn't give up on it. Michigan State did. If I'm talking about the offense, you know, the good and the bad. The bad, Eno Benjamin, 13 carries for 21 yards, second straight game of, of no production running the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's concerning and. Uh, yeah, it's it's something that just has to get better, or you know, there's going to be more frustrating losses like last night. Well, and I and I texted you during the game at the very beginning. How isn't it nice that our three interior linemen are all juniors and they're right. all be back? Well, they're getting Maybe no not. push at all and getting <laughs> yeah. totally manhandled yeah. at the line of scrimmage. So I, I guess yeah. that's not that great. On the positive side, in addition to you know the sputtering productivity from Harry he wound up with nine catches and 86 yards yeah. along with the the late touchdown right. uh, for as bad as the chemistry between Manny and Frank Darby looked last week that they were on Manny was hitting the deep ball um, and Darby was you know running the routes and seeing the things Manny was seeing yeah well I mean he set up you know set up the second touchdown and then you know the the drive that we talked about which obviously you know ended and without the field goal he had a big play on that drive too so yeah he looked good I mean there were good things I mean again it wasn't it wasn't an abject disaster or anything like that but um just too much inconsistency from this offense which in some ways you can even say goes back to the opener you know we kind of discussed it a little and 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 you know we had that lull there against UTSA we scored you know two touchdowns one defensive and then we went about 20 minutes of game action without scoring you get by with that against UTSA, obviously, but uh, you know you, you can't have those lulls. And last night was an extended one, and and you know the game got away from us. And, and you know we made a run. I mean, you know, valiant effort at the end to make it interesting, but that's not enough. You know, I mean, you, you, 
don't save the effort for the last four minutes. You know, where was it the entire second half before that? Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, I think the biggest glaring problem, which is one that you addressed, uh, Jawan Washington, 27 carries, 138 yards and a touchdown. Chase Jasmine, 19 carries, 112 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. They averaged 5.4 yards a carry against us. Uh, got over 300 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and, Much different. And to be honest, yeah. the – the junior quarterback Ryan Agnew making his first career start, you know, held him to twelve of twenty-four. But the twelve all seemed solid. to come at bad times, and, mm-hmm. and we could mm-hmm. not, for the life of us, get pressure on him to force a turnover. Right. He, you know, he, he did a great job just being solid. You know, we had one. I mean, it's, it's the way San Diego State wants to play. It's what they did to us last year. You know, go back to last year's game. Christian Chapman did not have a big game. Um, but that's not what they do. You know, I, I think I said it when we talked on Monday, you know, if they, if they had, you know, 40 plus pass attempts, it was going to be good for us. Well, they didn't come anywhere close and that's because they didn't need to, uh, you know, they were running the ball successfully and they had the lead most of the second half. And, you know, that plays into their hands. ASU's defense managed one sack, Jermaine Lole, uh, yeah. with his first sack, but Karan Crump, in the backfield all night, could not finish. Uh, Rennell Wren getting a huge push a lot of the time up the middle and having the backs just go Uh right around him. I mean, he was, for the second game in a row, he was uprooting and driving the center back on the opposing team and getting no help at all. He had one and a half tackles for loss on his own. And and the team only had seven. They should have had, if they had made tackles, they should have had 12. Right, I agree. I mean, they had they had opportunities. Uh, you know, the what was it? The fourth and short um, on I can't remember which drive it was, but you know, fourth and one they went for it. And you know, three or four guys that got in the backfield couldn't. You know, nobody there to make the play. I mean, it, I don't know if that's um, I don't know enough about football X's and O's, honestly. But it just seemed like they were using our aggressiveness against us. I texted you that during the game. That they were they were anticipating we were going to have our defensive line guys you know get up the field really quick and try to tackle for loss and they were running to the spots they weren't and then that was leaving you know gaps to you know and they man they they hit it quick like they really do you know both of their running backs just you know when there's a hole they take it and that was a difference I saw now granted we didn't have a lot there were a couple times with Eno Benjamin where I thought you know, as the play is starting, and again, okay, we get, you know, this looks like a seven-yard gain, and he hesitates just a bit, and he ends up with two yards. And, like, you know, you, you saw the difference, I think, between their running backs, and, and he's inexperienced, admittedly, but he doesn't he doesn't take advantage of opportunities that are there quite as quickly. Yeah, there's definitely not the, you know, big gashing runs to the second level. No. Um and by that same token, no one on our offensive line launched a member of the San Diego no. State secondary the way uh, Devontae True. King True. got just crushed in the uh, yeah. in the first yeah. touchdown run for San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, in a way, and I read this, I, I can't remember where I read it, maybe in Haller's article this morning. You know, in, in some ways we were bullied last night. And, you know, look, that's that's part of – Part of probably why we made the coaching change is is the feeling that we were not tough and physical enough and we needed to get, you know, I mean, you've heard Ray Anderson talk about, you know, we want to be more like Stanford. Well, what's one of the hallmarks of Stanford? Their physicality, their, you know, 
their their they ability win to the stop, trenches stop both the runs ways. and run. The, yeah, and and you know we're like that's not going to get fixed in one year because most of the personnel that's here is the guys that were here last year. But yeah, you put you know there's some freshmen and transfers that have come into play, but this is mostly the same you know group as last year. Group that quite honestly was was recruited to play a different style. You know, Todd Graham's offense was not a physical smash mouth offense when you know it was good, but it wasn't that. If that's what you want to be, we don't have the personnel to do that right now. now. I don't know if that's what we want to be. There seems to be some conflicting notions on that, but we certainly don't have that that ability right now. It doesn't look like the you know the special teams game for SU again with boneheaded plays this time coming. <laughs> Uh, the offense can't go anywhere. The offense is stagnant. The ball gets yeah. kicked 10 yards deep in the end zone. And for reasons that are known really only to him, yeah. uh, Ryan Newsom decided to take it out, gets tackled at the 10. Uh-huh. Um, which is, Gives up 15 yards of field position. Yeah, yeah which is a, an 18-yard return. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, not, not what you want. Uh, of course, Ayuk, you know, returned, you know, fielded a punt at the three, um, you know, which of course there was a penalty on too, so we end up starting at the five, you know, and yeah, there there were a couple mistakes. I mean, the, the kicking game was fine, uh, you know. I thought Sleep Dalton was good. Obviously, we didn't we didn't try a field goal, which we had. Um, that's you know one of the one of the big points of the game. I think is that we didn't try a field goal when we had the opportunity. Um, Reese continues to be really good on kickoffs. I'll say that. I mean, he was good last week, and, you know, he doesn't give teams a chance to return it, which I like. Um, given is, our flaws on special teams, let's just take those touchbacks and move on. This is the second time this season where Reese didn't attempt a field goal and probably right. should have. Probably should have, yeah. I mean, you again, you get away with some of those aggressive calls against UTSA. I mean, I, I think the lesson, you know, and in, in, in college football, you know, it's a very short season, so you have to take your, your lessons increase exponentially every week. UTSA is now 0-3. They've lost to Baylor and Kansas State, neither of which are very good. Um, and so the lesson there is you can't take much from that game. I thought maybe you could. I really did. I, you know, that was a, a solid enough program. I thought you know, maybe we'd look at that and say, well, beating them 49-7 was really impressive. I think now you have to kind of treat that the same way you treat, you know, beating UC Davis or NAU or some of those type of teams we've played. So the two legitimate teams we faced, you know, we look, we beat Michigan State, no taking away from that. But the uh, the offensive struggles are a concern um, against both of those teams. And again, it's not likely to get any better this coming week. Uh, you have to you have to work at it, so hopefully you get better after. But it's not likely to get better at Washington, given what they've done so far. Yeah, Washington this week goes on the road to Utah and allows one touchdown. That, right, that's right. really impressive. Yeah. That is a that is a home field that usually is a big is. advantage, and Washington State was, came in and just, you know, cleaned yeah. their clocks defensively. It, it, it was exactly what you expect to see from a top-level team, um, and they did it. You know, and I didn't know if they were. I mean, I, I, I questioned... You know what they would. I thought it was an interesting test for them, and they, you know, their offense continues to kind of labor a bit. I don't know if offensively they're good enough to, you know, run the table and maybe get in the playoff. And even if they do, I don't know if they can make much noise in the playoff given given the level of, of you know top five teams right now. Um, but it was impressive that they, you know, yeah, you go in and just set the tone right away, scored a touchdown on the opening drive, 
And then defensively, they were excellent all game, albeit against a Utah team that looks a lot like old Utah teams in that their offense just isn't very good. Uh, you know, they they just can't score enough points to beat top level competition. It seems like. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a solid game. I, I think the Pac-12 South, you know, for better or worse, is still fairly wide open. Oh, I think so, too. At this point, you <laughs> and know. it's probably for worse because nobody – I mean, Colorado's 3-0. But, you know, you have to sound the caution bells a little bit with them. Two of the teams – I mean, they beat a terrible Colorado State team. They beat New Hampshire, which they should beat. And then that win at Nebraska, I mean, it's impressive on, on paper, but, you know, Troy did it this week. And so you think, well, is it really that? I mean, does it make them that good? I, I don't know. You know, and Colorado's in good shape because they have a bye this week. Then they play UCLA, which stinks. Uh, and, and so, you know, they're very likely to go into October undefeated. We'll see if they can keep it rolling after that. USC got upended by Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA, soundly. UCLA is defeated at 0-3. Yeah. 0-3 and, 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 yeah, not close last night. Um, you know, Fresno came in and beat him like a drum, it seemed like. So, yeah, I mean, Arizona won, but took him took him a half to put away southern utah uh so yeah it's it's a it's a division that certainly seems there for the taking for someone um and it's you know could be a, a six and three or even five and four i could see you know end up winning that by tiebreaker or something like that because um, right now nobody looks like they're ready to separate now maybe colorado can maybe usc will will find themselves like they've done the last couple years and, and pull away but, uh, yeah, right now I'm not, not overly impressed by anybody in that division. Meanwhile, in the North, everyone seems to have righted the ship and kept rolling along. Yeah. The Ducks won again, looked good, you know, looked good at Autzen. Uh, yeah, They yeah. haven't really I mean, played they, anybody, but... They have not, no. They opened with three cupcakes, and, and so, yeah, they get Stanford this week. Game day is going to be there, so, yeah, we'll, we'll know a lot more about them, you know, in this week and then the next few weeks as they start to actually play real competition a little bit more. As you and I talked about, uh, neither of us knew what to expect with the Washington State Cougars with their offseason. Yeah. And and they come out, they're 3-0. and And not only are they 3-0, and they've gone on the road and won a game, and they've outscored opponents by almost 90 points in three games. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they look good, and Friday night they play USC. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one because they've looked good. USC obviously has not. Uh, even in their win, they, they weren't overly impressive. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, that'll that'll be an interesting game to see if they can keep it going. It's at USC, short week for both teams, obviously. Um, uh, you know, so we'll we'll see if USC can kind of right the ship and and you know, but if they, I mean, if they drop that game, you start zero and two in the conference. Doable to come back from because the division's not very good, but you know, could could be damaging for them, obviously. This part uh, is more unrelated to the Pac-12 than anything we've discussed. But how about that LSU Auburn game? That was great football. That was, it was. fun. <laughs> you know, it was. It I, was. I, mean, I LSU, was rooting for I, Auburn, but I was too. Uh, I, I'm not sure. You know, it's funny you bring that up because LSU a little bit. We talked over the years about some of our ASU teams. And how, you know, you can get positive momentum and negative momentum and they can snowball. And, you know, like 07 for us when, when we probably weren't that good. But, you know, we had we had a few comebacks and we had a few, 
you know, scheduling breaks, and all of a sudden we're eight and zero. I'm like, wow, how how did this happen? Probably again, we're not that good of the team, but you know, things broke right for us. And and for LSU, uh, I don't know if they're that good, but you know, they now have a little bit of a manageable stretch the next two or three weeks, and then they go into an October stretch that looks brutal. But they got, I mean, they got Georgia, Miss State, Alabama, three in a row, but all at home. And you know, could they win two of those three? Maybe, and and then that's that's enough to you know put them in playoff contention probably in, you know into November. So we'll we'll see. Uh, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to uh, see if they can keep it up and if their offense is good enough to beat you know Georgia or Alabama especially. But they get home field against both of them. Well, that's the thing is when they when they play these games at home. I remember a few years ago where they had that game where it was like six to three. Right, and they can't right. really, you know, they don't. They might not need that fluke, you know, busted coverage touchdown pass to, yeah, to win yeah, one of these. Yeah, they might not. I mean, they got a great defense. It seems like that. That's you know, and then we saw them last year, and a lot of those guys, you know, were were younger and and you know, just kind of getting their footing last year. But you know, Green Williams, Devin White. I mean, these are probably first round picks. Uh, you know, and 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 there's certainly you know a lot of a lot to like about their defense and, and maybe Joe Burrow can settle them in. I don't think he was great yesterday, but he made a couple throws. And let's be honest. They got a couple of officiating breaks there on that last drive. Uh, one that I really didn't, the third down one to start the drive, I thought was a bad call. Um, the one later probably wouldn't have mattered anyway, cause they were already in field goal range. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, impressive start for them. It'll, I'll, I'll be really curious to see that three week stretch. I think it's maybe three out of four weeks, but three straight games, you know, against what right now are two top five teams and another team in the top 15 in Mississippi State. That'll that'll tell us a lot. The last thing before we go, unrelated to any specific team or game, um, now that Haller's moved to the Athletic, spent a little time exploring the website and, and some of the other stuff, if you're willing to pay for your sports coverage, some really good stories. Some some good features, yes. uh, really in depth stuff. It, it's kind of fun. It is. It is. I mean, it, you know, I I am really curious if the model will work over time because we're not. Uh, you and I, I think, are kind of outside the the mainstream, and that we we still like to read about sports, um, and, and you know, and we like to read articles and and you know, not just 140 character tweets. But a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people do not like to, you know, sit and spend a lot of time reading. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a short attention span society. And so I do wonder if people will pay for the ability to read, you know, longer articles, features, that type of stuff. I don't know. But I like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly have enjoyed reading their college football coverage. That's the sport that I find myself the most interested in this time of year, even more than the NFL. And, and they do. They have some really good writers nationally. And then, obviously, I, you know, you and I have talked many times about how we like what Haller does with ASU. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I have started going there every day at least once just to see what they've got. Yeah, I think the content is good. The one thing for me where my my concern, similar to yours, about will will the model sustain, is for the most part now. I mean, Netflix is different, but when it comes to the written word. People are more inclined to get the content for free and have right. it paid for by advertising. That's right. Twitter's model. That's Facebook's model. 
Right. Uh, that's ESPN.com's model, unless you're on the Insider, which has you know greatly diminished in value. Yes. Now that one, it's tied into ESPN Plus, and two, it, it's I mean the ESPN Plus house, but 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 yeah. two more importantly, a lot of their insider writers are now on the Athletic. Jason Stark, Peter Gammons. Right. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of their college football guys, and you know, uh, some of those guys came from you know, like Feldman used to be with ESPN, but he was a couple other places before, or between, I should say. Uh, but yeah, yeah, some of the. Some of the folks that they kind of built around are, you know, obviously with all those layoffs, which was really the start of the athletic. When, when the ESPN purge of about year, year and a half ago and, and all these people came available, it seemed like that was right around the time the athletic began and started picking these guys up. And, and now they're starting to poach newspapers, as we saw here, obviously, with Haller and a few others leaving the Republic. And uh, it, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting model. To see if it works long term, uh, I really don't know. I, I personally, you know, if I was Doug Haller, I don't think I would have placed a bet on it for my own future. But you know, as a reader, I like it, and and you know, I'm curious to see if it will thrive. Archie does not like your anti Doug Haller view. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you know hey, a- I hope it does. I I love reading about sports, and I hope it does. But I'm cautious on it. I guess. Sorry, Archie. It's fine. We're just a very pro Doug Haller house, and, and oh, Archie hey, wants you to know. I'm pro Doug Haller. If I was Doug Haller, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a risk taker when it comes to you know uh, job and and you know finance and stuff like that. I don't know if I would have placed a bet on this working long term. I, I think there might be a lot of media folks who two or three years from now are thinking, "Boy, what if, what did I do here?" But I, I, again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it works. I hope it continues to grow and and is successful because I like what they do. I just, I'm not sure, you know, you're, you're right. You know, Netflix, um, has established a model that, that works, but that's a totally different type of entertainment, uh, than, than reading, you know, sitting and reading. I mean, Netflix is the type of thing you can just, you know, put on your TV and fade away. You can watch on a plane, you, you know, it's, it doesn't take the concentration level that reading does. And honestly, we're just, you know, I mean, we're, we're a short attention span society now. It's just the way it is. And, I don't know if people will continue to pay to read about sports. I, I'm not sure. We'll find out. That's one of the great things about just making these uh, random aside conversations is absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we could change our opinions four times between here and there, as if we were professionals at, right, right. at punditry you know, uh, and just flip flopping our position. And then, uh, and <laughs> yeah, no one would ever yeah, I mean, listen to the old ones, and we would never get called on it unless we we're on freezing that's cold true. takes on Twitter. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. I mean, hey, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I am. I'm kind of treating this a little bit like some of the other, you know, top. We we talked a while back about you know betting in sports and how it would affect things with legalized gambling. And I, I think a lot of what I said, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. And this is another one. I don't know. I, I am rooting for it because I like it I, well at first I, I thought you know I'm, I mean at first I thought I'm not paying to read about sports well you know they they went out and got the writer that I like to read the most about sports and so I thought okay you got me I'll give this a shot for a year and see what I think and so far I really liked it yeah and once they hook you that's the other thing is there is the yeah. the passive nature of yeah. you know 
a Netflix membership, a Spotify sure. membership, an ESPN insider membership. Absolutely. Where now have I it. have it and I just yeah. sort of write off that cost of, yep. okay. Yep. You know? Yeah. I mean, I will say I, I pay for insider. Um, I have for a while. I needed it for my old job and I've continued to have it. If you ask me now which one I'd be more likely to get rid of, it would be insider because I don't read it that much. And I really, I mean, unless ESPN plus really starts to, and I hope this doesn't happen, but right now, you know, ESPN plus putting on a MEAC football game, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. If I can still watch the games I want to watch, I'm going to watch it. The Kobe drama doesn't move you? It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, nothing on, you know, they had that 30 for 30, I guess about Bob Knight. I didn't, I didn't watch it yet, but might've been interesting. Um, you know, I know they put on some baseball games, um, but I, I'm not as much of a baseball, uh, you know, consumer as you are, I'm sure. And so it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me quite as much. Um, you know, if they start putting on ACC and SEC football games on there, they might have me, but right now they're not at that point, obviously. Well, and the other thing about the baseball games is the way, as a fan, the way baseball has structured these deals, with the exception of the Facebook deal, right. which I can't stand, right. uh, for everyone else, if, if it is your game, the regional market still gets the game exactly. on the regional exactly. show. I don't yeah. know how Facebook yeah. got the deal they got where, you know, the only way I could watch that Brewers game in right. June was if I watched it on Facebook. Watched and, it on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. I mean, it's uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, have you watched anything on ESPN Plus? I assume it's just a local broadcast that they take, right? I have not. I've watched it on the old stuff when like ASU games had been on there and delayed. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah. always it was going to eventually be on ESPN, and therefore right. it was the ESPN guy. Right. I mean, I've watched I watched ESPN three over the but this this ESPN Plus, like especially with baseball, I assume they're not sent because they do a different game. It seems like every day. Yeah. I don't think they're sending broadcast crews there, so I assume you're if you're watching the, you know, the Brewers and the Pirates, you're getting one of their local broadcasts. I would presume. Yeah, which is the opposite of Facebook because Facebook gives you the Facebook broadcast team. Do they? Um, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done it yet to, to find out, but I just I'd be surprised if ESPN is plunging the production costs into going to a site every single day, uh, you know, and different sites. It's not like they're doing an entire series. You know, if they were doing a whole three-game series at a time, I'd say maybe. But, you know, that's that's a lot of travel and expense. So I'm assuming, much like, you know, you get on just like MLB TV or something, you're getting the local broadcast. I want to be clear. If ESPN wants to pick up, for content purposes, the Ben and Matt Sportscast and just air it on <laughs> ESPN+, Plus, sure, I take all sure. of this back and I think it's a great exactly, model. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, it, you know, it, again, it's something to watch. Uh, because it could end up being very relevant. You know, when they first started this over the summer and they said, you know, we're going to put on college football, I'm thinking, uh, okay, you're going to start putting, you know, obviously you're not going to put on Ohio State TCU. You know, that's the marquee game. But are you going to start putting, you know, like Florida State Syracuse, for example, yesterday? Well, they haven't yet. Right now I can still watch those on TV, so I'm not I'm not exactly motivated to start watching on there. Yeah, I could see Alabama Ole Miss being one of the ones sure. that – could have wound up sure. on there in a future sure. season. It, you know, it'll be interesting, but yeah, right now TV deals still carry the day. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's, there's obviously, you know, things are changing as always. Like big Tom Callahan said, if you're not growing, you're dying. And, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this and the athletic and all that play out. But yeah, right now, I mean, I would, I would be more likely to get rid of insider than the athletics. 
because I think the athletic offers more um, for my, you know, for my subscription right now. Now that could change, so we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll keep you posted on that. In addition to all of the sports stuff, uh, as Matt's right. subscriptions come due, we'll figure out which way he goes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'll be sure to let everyone know what I decide. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.